Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Happy Monday. Hope your weekend was good. Hope you didn't miss me too bad uh, for the Friday episode. Just didn't, nothing much materialized. Been a long, long couple of weeks. Busy. Tired. So, um, yeah, you know, typical, typical when you get a, a wet winter. It's a lot of, a lot of extra work, it seems like. And, uh, so anyhow, um, been trying to, trying to get the, all the Elko stuff lined up. And I think we're, I think I'm about as ready as I'll ever be. Uh, I think so. Um, if you haven't yet, and I know you haven't, cause I haven't been getting any, any bites, but, um, we got a, a bit that we're raffling off. Um, yeah, I got it right here. We got a um, a bit from Ryan Erickson that will be uh, we'll be raffling off. Uh, proceeds will go to help uh, pay these artists, as well as a uh, a, a nice headstall from uh, Nolan Booth over at uh, Buck and Wild Leather down the, down there in uh, Tejas. Uh, and, and Ryan's out uh, in New Mexico, so um, I know it's the Great Basin and all uh, out here, but we're uh, we're kind of bringing some puncher style to <coughs> to Elko. Um, but anyways, uh, you don't have to be at Elko to win it. It's uh, don't have to be present, but we'll uh, we'll draw the winner Saturday night um, for both of those. And we also got some spur straps from Adam Drake. I'll, I'll post some pictures of those later um, <coughs> later on this week. But um, it's twenty twenty bucks to enter for the for the bit, or uh, you can get six spots for a hundred. Five bucks to enter for the the headstall, or you can uh, <coughs> you can get six for twenty five. I'll probably do the same on the spur straps. Five five bucks to enter, six for for twenty five. So, anyways, it's uh just uh just kind of help pay these guys uh, a little bit more than than I can give them at the moment, and uh, and make sure it's a good show. Like it's uh they're getting paid no no matter, but this is all just kind of kind of bonus to help um help people come uh, keep coming back every year because it's a <laughs> it's a really fun show, and uh, now that the world as crazy as the world is, it seems like it's kind of getting back to some sort of routine where um, we're not uh, like we're we're out doing stuff again. So that's that's nice. I, I enjoy that part of things. Um, so uh, you know that being said, the big it's going to be a a big uh, I, I would expect a a pretty big audience just for the. <clears throat> the amount of people that'll be in Elko uh, this coming weekend. So um, if you're there, please come out and see us. It's a $15 cover at the the stage door, 7 to 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday night. That's the 3rd and the 4th. Uh, <clears throat> I forget the address of uh, stage door, but I'll I'll post all the details, uh, you know, uh, as, throughout the week. You'll be hearing a lot about it, so... Um, yeah, sue me. We gotta gotta try to promote it. Try to go go big, 
go big or go home. So anyways, it's uh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, myself, uh, Eric Shields, uh, Cope Wilson, uh, hopefully Ira, Ira Grusevic will be there. Um, and then sounds like the, the Wampus Wilsons will be in attendance and uh, doing their thing. So Matt and Rachel uh, <coughs> are also planning on coming down. So um, and if, uh, if you happen to be somewhere in the, the vicinity of, uh, of Ira G and, uh, he needs a ride, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, hit him up and let him know you'll give him a ride on, on down to Elko so he can, uh, he can play his guitar and sing <coughs> and have a good time. So, uh, that, that's, uh, that's all I'm going to do for the, <coughs> for the promo on, on that. I'm, uh. Ah, I'm got got some butterflies, but it's gonna be a fun time. And uh, anyway, for that for this episode, that's all I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. So if you haven't noticed, I, I'm kind of like like puzzled by the world lately. Like it just uh, <laughs> it just gets crazier and crazier. It seems like, and maybe I'm just. Uh, Maybe this this is what it happens when you get into like your late thirties, uh, coming into forties, and you're just like slowly moving into the old, uh, to like the old person status, and uh, and so then just everything about the world seems crazy to you because you don't understand it because you're too far removed from uh, the young generation to to understand any of what's going on, and I feel like. I may be kind of at that point, and uh, and so I, I'm like I'm trying to account for that bias. Uh, <clears throat> like the TikTok generation is, uh, I don't really understand, and my kids are young enough right now where I'm starting to I'm starting to kind of get it in some of the the TV programming that they that they're they're watching and whatnot, but. Um, they're still young enough to where their identity is pretty much just based off of, of uh you know, me and Roe. So that's uh <coughs> they they all they also think the world's kinda crazy too, so but they don't they don't know any better and uh and like I said, I the, but just like slightly older than them when uh they're starting to have personalities and find their own interests and stuff, like that shit I don't get like and maybe that's just I don't think it's anything different about about kids um being removed from the older generation. It just I think I'm finally at that stage where I'm re- completely removed from from that younger generation and I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get anything that's going on and it seems <clears throat> it seems like it's just kinda there's that mixed with there. There actually is just a lot of crazy shit going on in the world. And, uh, but it seems, it seems like the whole world is just like, uh, in panic mode over, over everything. And maybe that's, it, that's the social media effect of, of, uh, you know, the overall social media effect is it just puts people in panic mode all the time or crisis mode or, you know what whatever it is it's just like like instantly it's like ah we got to fix this now 
and uh, yeah, and like either panic or outrage or crisis. It seems like it's I don't know, and it's funny because I'm I'm listening to all this shit uh, go down. I'm I'm reading stories and I'm doing a lot of it from the back of a horse, <coughs> tending into cattle, and. Um, and just kind of shaking my head, because I don't understand any of it. Like they're they're talking about how the the climate is changing so fast, and if we uh, like if we don't get a hold of it now, it's um, like right away. Like yesterday, we should have had it done. And getting off of fossil fuels, if we don't do that, we're gonna like we're all gonna burn up and die. But if seems like their proposals for us to do that uh, and would be the consequence of that if we adopt all their proposals to you know get off of fossil fuels and whatnot, then billions of people starve and die <clears throat> but probably at a faster rate than um you know, than the earth, than being burned up in the earth <clears throat> because of climate change. Because um, one one thing we we found out when is when a government centrally plans um, the agricultural system of their country, it uh, eventually leads to famine uh, because how I, and it's and it's for different reasons like. <laughs> doesn't matter what 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 the re- there's like a million different reasons that a central like a centrally planned economy doesn't work because there's a million different people in that economy um so the, the economy is just people making decisions about their life like you know what do i need what do i want how am i going to get it and then you act upon those needs and wants <coughs> accordingly, whether you you trade with money or you trade with labor or you trade with you know or you you barter some it's it's all barter it just depends on what you're bartering and and <coughs> currency was uh initially used as uh a, a, and as still is today cash coin. Uh, currency is is used as a placeholder in the exchange of goods and services like that <coughs> that that's what that's what currency uh, is and yeah so to try to to try to manage all these decisions that are being made uh at an individual level um from one central location never works because there that one central entity cannot <coughs> cannot decide what's best for an individual over there and so cuz to to make things efficient initially the the centralized entity um standardizes everything so you you don't have as much freedom so you can only go within these bounds because we can measure within these bounds. If you stray out there, then we don't know. 
what works. And, uh, <clears throat> and so rather than having, um, have a long process to, you know, to make it where you make the best decision for an individual over here. No, you just, you decide what the best decision as a whole is. And, and then that, that's the standard and you have all these standardized, but it, most of the time those standards uh, don't take into account all the individual idiosyncrasy, uh, idiosyncrasies of each individual location. So, like, <coughs> say, say if um, the lefties get their way and you just have the United States becomes a full-on Marxist totalitarian uh, government. It seems a little closer, um, you know, now than it did um, ten years ago. <laughs> it seems a lot closer now, but uh, I, I think we're a little ways off from that yet. But let's say they, they, you know, the globalists, the progressives, whatever, whoever the big boogeyman is, they they win the the military industrial complex. Whoever they they win, and now we're we're a communist country now, and. <clears throat> now the USDA is in charge of all agriculture, not not to be like an assistance and then like a, a food safety standard deal. But now now they control like the literal land and and the farms because it's communist now. There nobody there's no private property. It's all all government owned, and uh, so they have the same protocol. So they they standardize all the tractors, so it'll be the United States of John Deere. Um, <coughs> and and nobody uh, nobody but John Deere can work on that equipment. So, uh, But it's universal throughout every farm. Um, and then you have only a certain amount of tractors, you know, certain certain models. So you get the big, the big boys, which, uh, the you know, out in the Great Plains they'll be using. And then you've got the you know, the smaller stuff for, uh, for the smaller farms. And, um, but, you know, they don't really, uh, they try to standardize it. So it makes it easier because you've got government ran, um, you know, tractor factories now. So <clears throat> they're, they're trying to, you know, trying to standardize everything there too so it's all interchangeable within their their whole system but yet they they never take into account that like hey this crop over here uh is grown over here for a certain reason you know they're like but no we need more corn but like hey they're like we, we're we do a lot better with potatoes over here but no we need more corn because this is the this is what the standard we need to meet for the for the government and, you know, the people's government. And, um, and so then you have a bunch of people that don't know what they're talking about telling to, telling people that know what they're uh, supposed to do, but they don't have a choice. And then they're like, all right, you do this because that's what the government says. And, uh, yeah. And it's the people's, it's the people's land now. So, <clears throat> well, that leads to idiots making stupid decisions, and a lot of times decisions made out of spite or, or just plain just ignorance and stupidity and <clears throat> just uh, it's, it's always how bureaucracies work. 
the bigger the organization, um, like the 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 worse it becomes. It it, it becomes unmanageable, and <clears throat> well then. One thing leads to another, and uh, a bad bad weather year wipes out um, the 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 three products that you're making that it was dictated by the by the government wipes out the crop, and um, well, you don't have anything else because you've not um, <laughs> you've not you've taken the the decision of farming away from the farmers, and you've just made them peasants. And uh, and when people that that live on the land know the land, work the land, are are making the decisions on <laughs> on their part, they they tend to make better decisions um, than some bureaucracy. Um, but it's it's how the the Holodomor came to be in in Ukraine, where I don't know how many Ukrainians starved to death uh, due to mismanagement and also just. Ah, evil shit from the from the Soviet Union. Those those communists were, woof. They uh they try to get rid of the the religion first because then uh then then you <clears throat> the only answer to to the government and I'm not big on religion but um I uh, I'm I'm pretty sure there's a god out there so but they they. It's it's easier to for the communist communism to work if if they're they're all atheists because then they don't they don't have quite the um, you know like the the moral um, questions about about taking actions as you know say like hey we'll uh, we're just gonna go ahead and take all your stuff over here and keep you kind of keep you not not all dead but like just right above dead um because we can you know like and it's good for for the greater for the greater good this this will be better you know so like we're <laughs> we're gonna take away your farms in in uh holland the netherlands i'm not sure what the difference is between holland and the netherlands but i know they're the same country but i don't know why there's two names um yeah, I, I don't know. They, uh, <clears throat> I was listening to, um, to Rogan the other day, and he had Adam Curry, who's kind of, I guess, kind of known as the godfather of, of podcast. It's fun. I've, they, I've heard, uh, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but there's, like, is it, is it, Rogan's not the godfather of podcasting. He was, he's just the biggest guy. Um, but Adam Curry, like, has the, like he created like the podcast network that that uh, I the Apple used through iTunes and <clears throat> and later Apple Podcast and 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 like the whole system like that we we know as a podcast today was kind of um kind of put together by Adam Curry I think I don't know this is nerd shit so you're not. You're not interested, but um. Anyway, he's he's somewhere on. Uh, so I don't know, like, who who's considered the actual like, like what what the what the level of nerdery it is with uh, with 
podcast guys, but he's one of the one of the one of the big ones anyhow. And he's a, he's an interesting guy. I listen to his his show every now and then. Um, <clears throat> but he was talking about these farmer protests in in the Netherlands, where you know, like just because the EU says uh, your emissions have to go down, and in particular agricultural emissions, which in the reporting, I don't know exactly what all that means, but it's all, <clears throat> it seems to be focused particularly on, on animal agriculture. Dairy's big over over in the Netherlands and Holland. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if they still wear clogs, you know, the, the, the wooden shoes. Probably not. Seems like, uh, seems like that was a, a sh- I don't know of anybody else that really is known for wooden shoes. Um, <clears throat> typically, typically animal skin was was more, um, yeah, like that. That was kind of it. Still is really um, with rubber soles, uh, unless you're wearing, you know, le- leather leather sole cowboy boots, uh, leather sole uh, shoes. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I don't know. Wooden shoes. I, I don't I don't get that one, but um it was it was big in the in Holland, I guess. Um I wonder but I wonder like do they have uh like do you have your going out wooden shoes and then your shit kicker uh wooden shoes? Your wooden shit kickers? Boy, those would be some heavy fuckers, wouldn't they? <laughs> some like uh you get some stove uh stovepipe uh wooden clogs <laughs> they weigh about thirty pounds a piece uh you'd have some massive fucking legs but it it wouldn't work because uh yeah you'd you'd have to give yourself some room um you know tuck your you're you're obviously you're gonna shotgun your your pants in in those bad boys. Um, so you need some room and also, you know, if you, if your legs got fat, um, like your, your, your leg might, your foot and leg just might get stuck in, in your wooden, wooden clog until, uh, until you could, you probably have to cut the sucker off, I would imagine. Um, you could burn it, but boy, that'd be hot. <laughs> It'd get a little toasty. Um, anyhow, Adam Curry was talking about these, uh, these protests over, over in Holland. And, uh, he said it was like two weeks that, uh, that, that people, um, over there protested and, you know, like the farmers were blocking the highways and stuff and, and then it just kind of went away, and people got bored, and they're like, "Hey, I would actually, I would kind of need to get to work or whatever." And uh, and it was funny. It was like it was <laughs> they they just kind of rolled over and like ah, whatever, and kind of like they did when the Germans rolled through in <laughs> in, in both world wars, because uh, um, yeah, like those those countries, they just Belgium and Holland, they just 
like they're like, hey, we're neutral, and then everybody's like, cool, and then Germany's like, yeah, neutral-ish, right? <laughs> like, well, eh, fuck your neutrality, and uh, yeah, and they just like kind of then then they're just occupied, and I, I don't I don't understand that one. But he said um, he was saying that was kind of how it it felt with the uh, with with these farmer protests over there. We're like that now they're just going to take their land and, uh, and they'll get money for it. And, and he, uh, he was speaking on this cause I guess he used to live over there and <coughs> it's, um, it's funny when, when you, you look at kind of how they're these, and I, you know, it's always, who's the, they, and I look at the the companies that that benefit, and there's uh there's this big push for for lab grown meat and like um insects uh insect based protein, <coughs> and I'm not a I'm not opposed to the eating of insects. I mean, you know, people have have been eating bugs for for a long time. Um, since the beginning of time, really. Um, but they also have shown that they tend to like animal flesh better than, than bugs. Um, and anytime they, they reach a certain status of living, they quickly transition away from eating bugs and go to, to eating meat. Um, so it's just kind of a, it's kind of a common trend that yes, bugs are edible, and then if you're if you're down to that dire of a situation, um, you will go ahead and eat it. But you'd rather not, you know. All things considered, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care <laughs> care to eat bugs um, when when a perfectly good burger, steak, chicken wing. Um, you know, even some weird meat, you know, some weird shit, you know, you know, when you start eating, you know, liver and <coughs> liver and heart and, you know, all the organ stuff, it's not, I wouldn't say weird, but you know, that I'll, 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 I'll eat a lot of weird type of animal flesh before I, I dip down to, to the bug category, you know, <coughs> unless we're talking like sea bugs, sea bugs are different, you know, like shrimp and crab and lobster they're i mean those are just big bugs but they're 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 different because they you know you can uh you kind of got to go after those where like bugs like you just put up a light and they'll fly into it and um you know and that that's harvesting bugs in the wild but I like I was talking before like what we're we're going to go down a ride here on on what one of these um like bug farms is going to these insect farms is going to look like and now now that I kind of kind of seen it in my head it makes a little more sense why you see places like uh or these companies like uh, Tyson and JBS, and um, and these these big corporations 
uh, investing so much money into <clears throat> into like the the plant based bullshit and and now this lab grown meat and and the insect stuff. So um, here's here's a just a weird little video that uh, I thought you guys like. It's kind of Hey, look, I know you're you're enjoying this show that we're you know, that we're balls deep in here, but I gotta pay some bills around here and this company Bubs Naturals, they are helping me do so. And they also sell a lot of good stuff. So you go to bubsnaturals.com. It's named after Glenn Bub Doherty, uh, who was a he was a special operator, CIA guy, uh was one of the one of the guys that was killed in, during the Benghazi raid, uh, his best friend started up this company kind of in honor of him. They're both uh, <clears throat> very active guys, and they wanted just good, clean supplements, and that's what these are. Uh, I take the, the collagen in my coffee along with MCT oil. It's a powder, uh, kind of very, very slightly sweet, um, like very faint sweet taste to it but also got a kind of a creamy texture it's good stuff they also have coffee now i haven't tried it yet uh, might have to and um looks like maybe they got some uh some like gatorade type mix but uh it's all it's all good clean stuff uh, apple cider vinegar gummies which are awesome apple cider vinegar is great for you uh collagen supposed to uh, what what do they say on this let's let's take a look um, it fuels the body while replenishing with replenishing amino acids that turn back the clock on an aging. Um, and it's, uh, it's supposed to be good for your skin and your joints and, uh, your hair, your nails, all, all the good stuff. Um, it's, yeah, just a scoop in your coffee. It's flavorless. Don't taste it at all. And, uh, and it just, uh, I, it's good for inflammation and all sorts of good stuff. Um, all in all, these guys pay me pretty well when you guys buy stuff. So please do, and I, I highly recommend their products. Uh, I, Like I said, I, I take them every day. Got this stuff on order. Um, got this stuff on order. And uh, and the gummies I've got coming every, every couple of weeks. Uh, help me kind of stay halfway young. I know my hair doesn't look it, but I'm, I'm not that old yet. So uh, And I want to be able to to wrestle around with my kids and beat them for a long time yet. So, um, like I want to dominate them so they know that I'm, I'm the alpha. And, uh, so I'm doing all, all I can to, <clears throat> to kind of help <clears throat> stay one step ahead of those little fuckers. And Bub's Naturals, uh, does it for me. <clears throat> helps, helps get me there. So anyways, go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code burning daylight. That's all one word. Uh, you'll get 20% off, uh, your order and I will get a commission on that. So, uh, thanks to Bubs Naturals. Go check out their stuff. I think you'll like it, and uh, I know I do. So, uh, BubsNaturals.com promo code Burning Daylight for twenty percent. Now we can go ahead get back in to the show. This chicken breast, grown in a lab using real animal cells, could appear in U.S. restaurants as soon as 2023. It's made by a California-based company called Upside Foods, 
cultivated chicken was deemed safe for human consumption in a landmark decision by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Well, it is meat, so it is chicken. It'll taste exactly as you would expect a chicken to taste. Lab-grown meats derived from a small sample of cells collected from livestock, which is then fed nutrients grown in enormous steel vessels called bioreactors and processed into something that looks and tastes like a real cut of meat. Upside Foods CEO Uma Valetti explains. Like I said, it's not a meat alternative. It's meat that's grown from real animal cells. So what we do is we take really high quality animal cells from let's say a cow or a pig or a chicken or a lobster and we look for cells that can continue to grow outside the animal in a very robust and a healthy way. The part that's remarkable about it is we didn't have to raise and slaughter a chicken to get real chicken meat out of it. Just one country, Singapore, has so far approved lab-grown meat for retail sale, but... Uh, so, <laughs> we didn't have to, to kill a chicken, but we just took some of their cells and then we put a bunch of goo on it, and then we put it in in a vat, and you know, then they had like the sprayer deal, and I, I mean, I, I think I'd just rather have the chicken, you know, like I, I've, I've, I've slaughtered a few chicken in my day, and <laughs> once. Uh, you know, growing up on a farm or ranch, or, or anybody that goes hunting, like you, you kind of you get a respect. Well, you know, first time, first time you kill an animal, um, it's um, yeah. It, it, once you once you realize that, and you, if you accept this, well, this is how I'm going to get my food. Um, this is how somebody gets our food to us eventually. Like it's a it's an important thing to learn. They're like, yeah, this is part of life. The the, the whole circle of life deal. You know, um, I don't I won't sing that song. Uh, well, I, I'm not gonna get monetized anyways, but I'll still get a uh, copyright notification from Disney if I sing too much of the you know the circle of life from Lion King deal. Um, but um. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm I'm okay with with killing the chicken to put food on on the plate. I, I mean, I'm I'm way more okay with with butchering the beef because the space of beef is better. And um, but that being said, I don't mind a little yard bird now and then. Then and uh, <laughs> I would just rather have that as opposed to all this weird nerdy shit that you got going on here that uh, can you imagine like how many of these these freaking vats that they're they're just pumping out chicken goo out of each and every one of them how many of those you could fit in the, the Holcomb Tyson plant there you know and then you don't have to to worry about the lawsuits and uh, the workman's comp and because one of your employees got stomped by an angry steer because you didn't train him very well. And um, let's face it, all things going well, like everything should flow real smooth and you don't have to have your employees come into real actual contact with those animals hardly at all. 
Uh, but shit happens when you work with, with animals. It just always does. And if you can eliminate that completely, like, that's, um, then, then all you have to do is worry about your employees falling into a vat, <coughs> I guess. But that's, um, you know, that, that's, uh, that's an interesting little thought, thought experiment there. And you're just like, huh. So you're just gonna just, just pump out a bunch of, bunch of fake, or, well, I guess it's not fake. I, I guess it is animal product somehow. Um, Ah, you know, <laughs> it's it just that they, they can they can convince you as much as they 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 can try that this is the it just it's the real thing, man. No, it's fucking not. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's just not. It is not the same. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll watch it a little bit. The United States is poised to follow. Upside worked with the FDA for four years before receiving the agency's green light in November 2022. The company hopes to bring its product to restaurants as soon as 2023 and to grocery stores by 2028. And it's not just Upside Foods. Another California cultivated meat company, Good Meat, has an application pending with the FDA, and two other companies, one based in the Netherlands called Moza Meat, and another from Israel, Believer Meats, say they're in discussions with the agency. Some famous chefs like Argentine Francis Malman and Spaniard Jose Andres have already signed up and plan to showcase the meats in their high-end eateries. But to reach its ultimate destination... Huh. So, this is just like any startup. They're uh, they're getting the celebrities behind them. This is like the new Sam Bankman-Fried deal because let's see what the future obstacles are. Destination, that's supermarket shelves. Cultivated meat still faces big obstacles. Five executives told Reuters that companies will have to attract more funding to scale up production in order to sell beef steaks and chicken breasts at an affordable price. The cultivated meat sector has so far raised just under $2 billion in investments globally. That's according to data collected by the Good Food Institute. It's a premium product. It uh, signifies upside to animal welfare, environment, and enormous opportunity for <laughs> It's a premium product because it signals. So this is... Oh, th this is just typical elite, like, Hollywood bullshit. <laughs> like, we're going to pay way more for shittier stuff because it signals that we care. And, and I don't, I don't want the guilt of knowing that I had killed an animal who, if, hadn't been killed would contribute to even more climate change so it's like a real catch-22 what to do with that animal there um but i don't want the guilt of that thing dying on my conscience so 
I'm going to eat this very, very real lab-created steak that is better for the environment, and um, and I can feel good about myself when I go to bed. And I'm going to convince myself that it's real. It's, it's so real, and it just it even tastes like the steak. <laughs> I cannot imagine that 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 tastes good. Like it's I. They had all these people saying the same shit about the Beyond Burger. Um, that is, I mean, it was like it. You won't even know the difference. And I we tried it here on air. It's not good. The Beyond Burger. So like this shit that you made in the lab. And without cloning an animal, like, no, like, you never had a living, breathing animal there, then it's not not meat. You know, you can say we had cells, but no, but you didn't grow an animal out of those cells. You made some shit that you just popped uh, from a tube on. I No, it's not meat, dude. It's not meat. Health. So we think the initial pricing will be uh, premium, premium to organic, and with time, over the next five to ten years, it'll come come to uh, conventional parity. And we also expect the price of conventional meat to continue to grow up significantly. It keeps going up. Cultivated meat price comes down, and there's a sweet spot in the next five to ten years where we intersect and we become more affordable than conventional meat. For now, production is. Okay, so we're seeing all this uh, stainless steel tubing. <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a positive this is like heavily climate controlled, um, because it's like a lab setting where this guy's walking around with a hairnet and uh, and lab coat. Uh, nitro gloves got got booties over his uh, over his shoes, you know, like the whole the whole lab type uh, setting. So you know it's going to be temperature controlled and, and probably humidity controlled, and that takes a lot of energy for a room with like vats that uh what are they called bioreactors um. Where you where you're just like growing cell cultures, you know, essentially like at an industrial scale that takes so much energy. So like I would, I don't know how much more energy it would take than a than a packing plant, but I I can't see how that you, you're just cutting out the the cattle like that. That's but there, there's a whole line of you know, smaller economies that, uh, <laughs> and markets, I shouldn't say economy, but there's like a whole little branch off economies that, uh, are markets that are, <laughs> that, that go along with, with the cattle trade, you know, from, from beginning to end. And, um, so not only are you getting rid of the cattle, but you're getting rid of all the markets that, that follow that, that, that animal throughout the life cycle and 
I mean, I guess that's a really good way to, to cut down on emissions because you just like did away with, uh, yeah, a whole, a whole sector of your economy. Like that's, I mean, doing away with something's a good way, you know, to cut down on, <laughs> on carbon emissions, I suppose. But like, I don't, I don't know that it's a good thing. And, uh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're getting rid of, uh, you know, a whole sector of the economy and you're replacing it with uh, with this lab-grown meat shit where the, your labor force is going to be a fraction of what it would be to the, you know, the life cycle of a cow. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts that, that go from a baby calf on the ground to, uh, to a steak on your plate. There's a very, very complex set of systems, you know, and um, but if you, if you listen to some of these supposed experts, like that's the, the kind of future they're talking about, we're like phasing out animal agriculture all, all together due, due to carbon emissions or, or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, but these same people will tell you with a straight face that we need to send M1 Abrams tanks over to Ukraine, which are run off of some sort of jet fuel. <laughs> which is last time I, I, I checked not real eco-friendly like not not climate friendly not but not very green um it's like straight petroleum and iron and steel um <laughs> but we we have to do that to save humanity but we also we've got to stop uh raising cows to save the planet we can send we can send war machines that 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 consume an ungodly amount of of uh of fuel fossil fuels um but shut up and eat your lab meat buddy hey yeah yeah what a so weird dystopia still limited Upside's facility in the city of Emeryville in California has the capacity to churn out 400,000 pounds of cultivated meat per year. That's a small fraction of the 106 billion pounds of conventional meat and poultry produced in the U.S. in 2021, according to a lobby group, the North American Meat Institute. Then there's also the ick factor to contend with. A study in 2022 oh, published in the Journal of Environmental Psychology found that 35% oh, of Journal that. of Environmental Psychology Meat Institute. Then there's the ick factor. <laughs> it, it does. It looks like it was just uh, they they squirted it out of like a caulking tube into a little like mold, you know, like. Uh, like a cookie cutter and you're and um yeah and then they, they just molded it and it's like uh it's like weird looking play-doh there's also the ick factor to contend with a study in 2022 published in the journal of environmental psychology found that 35 percent of meat eaters and 55 percent of vegetarians would be too disgusted to try cultivated meat even the vegetarian meat companies will need to convince reluctant consumers <laughs> to give it a go. Despite the initial high cost, 
likely by highlighting the fact that their products don't involve slaughtering animals. Another draw is that growing meat in a steel vessel instead of in a field could reduce <laughs> the environmental impact from livestock, which are responsible for about 15% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. That's the... Uh, I think that's bullshit. I'm pretty sure that's bullshit. Um, almost positive that's bullshit. Um, like 80% comes from these like huge uh shipping uh containers like the not not containers but like the barges and and like the huge cargo ships that that um that get sent all over the world uh the oil tankers like that's that's like 80% of the carbon emissions alone and um i i'm Pretty sure animal agriculture is less than three percent. If I, if I'm, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, fifteen percent seems really high, and um, I'm calling bullshit. The unmistakable uh, pioneering advantage of this field, because we're offering the choice to continue to eat real meat without giving it up or trying to become a vegetarian or a vegan. Hmm. Gross. This chick. Yeah. So then I did a search for um, insect farming because <laughs> that that's also kind of the new thing is a protein alternative. You know, is uh. We're going to develop insect, and this is from studyfinds.org. Beetle burgers could soon meet, reach mass production, helping to feed the world. Mixed with sugar, the beetles supposedly taste just like real meat. They could also become alternatives to sausage or chicken nuggets. Um... You know, I could see the the lab grown meat substance. <laughs> they, uh, I could see that being used for for say like uh, chicken McNuggets because that's essentially. I mean, but that's still real meat. It it just gets uh, it gets cooked and then formed and pressed into into the nugget shapes and then you know and then cooked again and yeah it's um uh, and a lot of sausage making you know like tastes good you don't really want to see the whole process that goes into it because it's kind of it's kind of weird it's kind of gross you're working with meat and uh it's a little different you know the, the whole the whole chicken nugget process is a little different than uh you know than just cutting off a steak, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a little, little bit of an ugly process, but that's also kind of the whole food thing in general. Like, do you like to eat? Cause I think you do. All right. Well, things you have to do to be able to eat, or at least that 
other people have to do in order to put food in front of you. Um, it's not always a glamorous process. In fact, most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's kind of an ugly process. Um, because no matter how you want to church it up, you're, you're scrounging out for, uh, you know, getting your next, getting your next meal. It's all always, it, you're surviving until your next meal. Like that's, uh, yeah, there's just something to it. It's like, yeah, somebody's got to do this and, uh, people are going to pay me money to do it. So, and this is it's just one, one step in the chain of getting food around. So it's not always, <laughs> it's not always, uh, pretty seeing how the chicken nuggets are made, but God damn it, they're not they're not delicious. You know, even your your most hardcore beef guy will will let you know that McDonald's chicken nuggets are pretty damn good. Um, awful for you, I'm sure, but um, Beetle Burgers could soon be helping to feed the world, according to new research. Uh, they uh, the the creepy colors lava, better known as mealworms, could act as a meat alternative to alleviate world uh, hunger or to alleviate alleviate hunger worldwide. The process uses a fraction of the land and water and emits a smaller carbon footprint in comparison of traditional farming. <laughs> it's, it's this sure reads like a dystopian novel that you know like Glenn Beck wrote uh back in the day or um you got this the the global elite circle of uh you know just weirdos that want to control everything like well if we just got rid of the farming aspect and uh we'll let that become a nature preserve because we like to see the elephants and the buffalo and uh, and the elk, we like to see them in our, you know, in their your pure forms. We don't want all these peasants uh, to be able to do anything with that. But so we'll take their land, and we'll make them go work in the bug factory. We'll call it a farm, but it's the bug factory. Um, that that's the real factory farming because <coughs> as long as you're dealing with. Uh, with an animal that has a, a flight or uh, fight or flight response and, and can do something about it. Like that's, I mean, that, that's kind of what I can, I mean, I, I don't know enough about chicken farming, to, but man, you, you ain't going to get, you ain't going to get stomped out by a chicken. Uh, I mean, maybe you get your, you get your eye pecked out by, by a, you know, a surly rooster. But you know you, you ain't you getting you ain't getting taken out by a chicken. I mean, if if you do, you're a bitch. Uh, you know, and and even a a hog hog will get you. Don't get, don't get me wrong there. But uh, yeah, when you're when you're talking horses and cattle, that's a whole different animal. It's a big animal, big fucking animal. So <clears throat> yeah, when you're when you're dealing with them, there's always a chance. Um, that animal get you i'm not i mean you take all there's really on paper there is no reason for tyson or cargill or jbs swift 
to are, I guess they're just now just JBS. They even took, dropped the Swift, and I, th I think they're just JBS. But in, anyway, all the big four Packers. On paper, there's no reason for them not to just go full into this either lab lab grown cell cultures or the insect route because then all you need is just a factory. You don't need a farm. They'll call it an insect farm, but you don't yeah, you don't have any anything outside of like they uh you know have vats. Let's see how um here we go. Look look at that. There there's your mealworms. Um what we'll uh let's see. Um, to make this reality, a French biotech company, Yinsect, is uh, planning uh, a global network of insect farms, including nurseries and slaughterhouses. Oh, so they're, they're different facilities. Huh. Slaughter, I mean, wasn't just like a, a big like steamroller just a just a roller wheel that'd probably do it you know just have a conveyor belt going underneath uh, a roller wheel like that that uh, the slaughter process with uh with a mealworm shouldn't be too shouldn't be too complicated the 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 problem is how do you you got to set the the spacing on on your uh, your rolls cuz you don't want them completely splashing like and also man what what do you feed a mealworm so it's not too like juicy you know or where it just kind of cracks open instead of uh just splattering everywhere you know these are the things you got to think about when when you're uh you know when you're running a bunch of mealworms through to to feed the population their their next bug burger okay you got to think about these things. What the what is the most efficient way to kill a mealworm? And then, are we worried about the humanity side of things, like the humane treatment of mealworms? Uh, I mean, how far do we go on this? Um, <coughs> a pilot plant has already been set up at Dole in uh, Borgogna, Franche, Comte. Something Franche. Franche. That's French. Fuck them. Um, unlike the livestock industry where rearing is to typically separate, entire bug based uh, operation is under one roof. Okay. Full control of the chain of production. This gives us strengths in terms of quality, security, and safety. Benjamin Armenjohn. Um, robot arms and automated conveyor belts uh, transport stra uh, stacks of red trays in every direction. They are filled with billions of uh, tenebrio, molotar, beetle uh, larvae. The dried critters are more than oh, so they just dry them, just blast them. Uh, they are more than 50% protein and rich in fiber and fats as well. 
they can be turned into protein powder shakes, burgers, cereal bars, and even cooking oils uh, at a fraction of the environmental cost of, the tra of traditional farming. For every one kilogram of protein, uh, insect uses 98% less land and emits 40 times less carbon than beef. It also uses 40 times less water than pork production. Um, maybe until you're you're making you know produ you're producing what trillions at that point of beetle larvae to keep up with the the demand. I mean. I'd rather just have the steak, man. You know, I would rather have a really shitty steak. I would rather have some hamburger that's like right on the verge of being like, you know, you might probably waited one day too long, but it's still kind of iffy. I'd take that <laughs> over a bunch of bug powder goop. That you shaped into a patty and call it meat. And mm, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, outside of the, the sea bugs, I think you got to have a bone on you before before I really want want to eat you. You know, like that. There's got to be there's got to be some bones in there uh, to take the flesh off of that. That yeah. That that's my kind of my my category. Other than than the sea bugs, the shrimp and and uh, the shellfish, you know, because that, that that's all they are. It's just they're big bugs that live under the sea. Um, so I'll eat those, but something about them being under the water makes it different and okay. <clears throat> and also, they're a lot bigger. Um, like, like how many mealworms does it take to make uh, a quarter pounder? You know. Is that uh what like three or four thousand probably? I don't know. Um, especially after they dry them down, then like shit, you're talking into the tens of thousands, I would think. But I, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. I don't really care to know, but it's interesting to to keep this in mind. But this one. I could see this stuff taking off in like the the protein supplement. I've seen seen that around. And I I looked at the <clears throat> I, like I did some research. I never did end up buying it, but I was curious to see like what is the actual effect here and um like it was it was essentially the same thing as whey protein, which is you know milk based. Versus a bunch of ground up crickets, and man, I'll take milk from a titty and that byproduct over ground up crickets. So I don't know. I just uh, that's going to be one of those things you're going to have to force on people because uh, I don't see that happening willingly. People might talk a big game, but yeah. There ain't that many people gonna go eat bugs when they can, if they can afford something else, um, which might be the ultimate uh, end game. So, like, 
can't afford anything else and, and they're just eating your bugs. <coughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, the mealworms are fed byproducts from wheat processing uh, mixed with sugar. The beetles supposedly taste just like real meat. Um, but firm is experiencing experimenting with optimal conditions for mass production. Huh. Such as food, temperature, and humidity. So they're already like looking to scale up. And insect researchers are also analyzing nutritional content and the potential of using other insects. A bigger factory is opening in uh, Means later this year. It will manufacture 200,000 tons of insect-based foods uh, a year, um, making it wor the world's biggest uh, insect farm. So 200,000 tons. That's a... What, what is that? That's uh, 200... Uh, anyway, it's that's a pretty good amount, but drop in the bucket of what you're gonna need. Um, and honestly, like I don't know if anybody knows what the what the ultimate cost of scaling up, like what how much how much energy are these fuckers gonna burn? Um, in this uh, just insect laboratory. Uh, what a weird, it's a weird one. Um, but like I said, if you look at it from the aspect of the, the meatpacking industry, you don't have to deal with a live animal. You don't have to deal with a dead animal. You don't have to deal with animals at all. There is zero chance that, um, one of these mealworms is going to attack an employee on the kill floor. Um, it's just not, not physically possible. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, you can fry these little bastards up, grind them up, put them into a paste a tube or whatever, and make it into a shape of anything that you want. And, now you just got to get people to eat it. <laughs> so that's the one catch of why why they're not just going all in these you know the big four packers. Um, you know that that's probably what the one reason they're not. Eh, there, there's there's still some of the old school guys that are like, well, I sure like my meat, but when you're talking, you know. Doing doing billions of dollars a year and not having to deal with animals at all. I mean, if you're that CEO, that sounds pretty enticing, don't it? And you can just like convert your your former kill plants into bug growing or um or lab meat like substance um, growing machines. <laughs> You can get rid of uh, so much of your labor force because there's not somebody like boning out a carcass on on the floor because 
There's no carcass to, to bone out. It's a fucking worm, dude. We're going to run them right through this little roll over here. And it's just going to be just like all day long, just like stepping on bugs. Just Except um, you're doing that at an industrial level. So it, it probably sounds like a gay 810 warthog, you know, the brap. Um, except it'd just be like gay or somehow. I don't, I'm not going to attempt to try to make that noise. But yeah. And, um, all the meanwhile, that that little mealworm never had to go more than like 100 feet from from where it was born and raised. <clears throat> I wonder what how long it takes to a couple, couple days maybe to to grow a grow a mealworm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to know. Um, yeah, I do. I wanna. I would. There was one of these to open up. I would want to go look. I would want to gawk, see, see like what are you goofy fuckers doing? It's like which one of your bosses came over and during you know Operation Paperclip from from the Nazis? Because this seems like the the way. They the way they dial up these these products, you know, like that seems like some some weird kind of like Nazi science shit. You know, I'm not saying it has to do anything with with uh, politics. It's just like those type of scientists that the Nazis had. Seems like they got the seems like something like that when when you're when you're tweaking all these, uh, you know, like how, how do we how do we make the the bugs more palatable? Well, if you're if you're you're already at the point where you can do it. Now you're just trying to sell people on it. Then I don't know. It just like I say, it just seems seems a lot like uh, some weird science not you know some novel about weird Nazi scientists and 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 uh, doctors creating something awful. That that's what this whole. <coughs> insect-based agriculture and and lab-grown meats that's that's the feeling i get to it it's uh like we're in living in a weird science fiction movie and um like a really gay one too like really really weirdly gay um you know it's kind of it's kind of funny when you when you tie like all the connections of <laughs> like the the rise of the the trans movement and you start to look into some uh, like the on the transitioning side of shit and that they'll you know you hear a lot about the puberty blockers and whatnot but like one thing i've not heard many people bring up uh or at least not a lot is the fact that like big pharma used to be the boogeyman on the big on on the left wing side you know big pharma like they make all those hormone drugs for the the kids that transition whatever and you're kind of just on those those hormones for life i, I think and I, i'm i could be talking out of my ass but i'm pretty sure 
that's a lifelong commitment uh, unless you detransition, and who knows what the fuck that entails. Um, but anyhow, that like that's a solid customer on uh, you know on on the dole for for whatever pick your you know big pharmaceutical corporation that makes that that particular hormone. Well, got another one, Bill. Got him for life. Got this one at 14. Holy shit, man. I bet I can get 12 next week. 12-year-old, I bet we do it. I don't know if those are the conversations that are being had, but Sarah kind of feels like it. And, um, yeah, it's weird. Corporations are they're a weird thing, man. And these uh, <laughs> sound, sound like a freaking... Tommy Chung there. Weird thing, man. Um, yeah. And then, then these people are like, like, oh my God, we've got all these problems coming now and we got to change the way the whole world works so we avoid it. Now we got to eat bugs. Like, mm. I think I'll eat the steak, man. At the end of the day, I'll just go ahead and grow me a cow for real. You know, a cow that can run me over and jump the fence or whatever. Um, throw a calf that dies a couple days later and, you know, that, that whole deal. Like, I'd, I'd rather have that whole process and eat a good steak than deal with these weird scientists and corporations and their goop from a vat or uh paste from a bunch of i would like to see the roller though that the kill floor of of the mealworms like i i would i, I kind of want to see the mechanics behind that but outside of that i want no part of it i'll take the steak and um make sure you uh <laughs> Make sure you go like, subscribe, all the stuff uh, at Burning Daylight. No, at Move Your Ass on on Instagram. That's kind of my main one. Um, at Puncherific on on Twitter. I don't do a whole lot over there. I mean, I try. I I shit talk over there, but probably not anything you guys be interested in. Um, Instagram's the main one. Facebook, if they ever let me do anything with it, probably not. But it's there. It's kind of nice to have. Can't do much with it, but it's there. Um, YouTube, Rumble, all the shits. I'm I'm everywhere. Go search either my name, Matt McKinley, or Burning Daylight. Um, like, rate, review. Reviews, I guess, help. I don't know. Um, share it with your friends, though, if you like the show. I, I'd appreciate it. Uh, come see us in Elko this weekend, 3rd and 4th, at the stage door. And, um, yeah. Go do all the other stuff. Uh, hit me up for the if you want to get in on the raffle. It's a really cool bit. Uh, it's a nice head stall, and it all goes to a good cause. So, um, thanks for tuning in, bearing with me through this uh, my crabby attitude this winter. But uh, it'll be it'll be better come spring, and until then, we'll make it just as fun as we can. So, um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a good week, and. Blow your ass. We're burning daylight. I've never been too good to pick up a penny and lay 
I pray to God he sends a little love 